0: Welcome to How to Win the Lottery bonus episode, author interview. This is very exciting. The first episode of season three about the internet, we did a touch of Jen by Beth Morgan. And with us today, we have Beth Morgan. Hello, Beth.
1: Hi, thank you guys for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. This is very exciting because you are the kicking off the entire season, which I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm guessing
1: <laughs> I'm guessing
0: now is going to be my favorite of the three seasons because it's not about sadness, although it is kind of about sadness because everything's about sadness and mm-hmm. school is sort of limiting, but internet, you can go anywhere with it. Yeah, yeah,
2: totally So that, uh, yeah, like the way the podcast works Is it kind of functions like a book club Uh, Each, like, season is a series of books That are centered around a theme And this theme is the internet And your book is the first book that that we read Um, So it's like sort of the introduction To the way that we're looking at the internet this season So cool. I don't know, how do you What do you you think of the, the internet generically As like this tool for I don't know, manifesting toxicity or or whatever.
0: That's a really leading question.
1: Sure. Uh, I mean, I got to be real. I don't know that I think about it that way. But (laughs) I mean, I don't know how I think about it. I'll be honest, like I didn't. um, It's it's so funny because I feel like this book is sort of like initially kind of sort of about the internet, but then it goes off in a different direction. And it's definitely like I was not at all thinking about the internet as I was writing it. I was just like thinking about, a particular love triangle that I wanted to show, and I was just like, well, naturally, Instagram would be a big part of that. And Mm -hmm. then, you know, it's very strange to write a book, and then as it turns into this thing that you're sort of selling and trying to explain to other people, you know, within the current cultural moment that we're in, it sort of is like, it sort of fits within this other, this cosmology of, like, internet novels. I'm like, I'm happy to be included with all of those books that, that you, you put on there. But in, in a way, I feel like I'm more interested sometimes in what readers say about how about the Internet and about how they were thinking about the Internet while they were reading the book. Because I'm, I'm not sure that I have any insight into it, honestly.
2: Yeah, I, I, I mean, that's I think that that's a great answer. Um, But I also like I think of it in terms of like uh the type of novel that you wrote. If mm. there were no Internet in it, it would feel very much like one of those horror movies where people are forgetting their cell phones, right? Like oh, this, yeah. <laughs> like these sorts of romances or whatever, like Instagram and and the connectivity that we all have because of Instagram is like, there's no way around that. So it almost has to become a device within the novel itself.
1: Yeah, it, it does. It does. And it's so funny too, because I think at one point some reviewer said something about like, uh, you know, this novel is sort of has these, references that are going to date very quickly because, you know, I guess it's not like supposed to be literary to refer directly to like Instagram or, you know, specific apps that you use. But like, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm very happy for it to date (laughs) quickly because it's like, you know, I like the idea of it being a book that's happening within a certain moment. So that's, that, that makes sense. But it is funny, right? How like making we're in this like weird transitional place with the way people tell stories right now where it's like you have to make a choice about whether this is a this is something about technology or not about technology and if you like include things that are just ubiquitous in modern life it becomes it feels thematically weighted
0: yeah i think what works about it i don't think it dates it is that I'm very I'm hyper aware of whenever like a movie or TV show or a book or something includes technology because like I'm, I don't want to ascribe an age to you, but I think all three of us sort of grew up with the internet mm. and it's always around and like being sort of, to some extent, extremely online. You have a sense of like when it's authentic and when it's being faked. And if yeah. it's not done well, it drives me crazy. It's like, that's not <laughs> how people use Twitter or like they go to like google.com It's like, why well, don't you just, just, you know what we are talking about. So I think what works well about A Touch of gen is that it feels real like it feels like this is how people actually (laughs) use the thing Mm. and it doesn't feel like oh you're just like you want to be part of this thing because like instagram's cool right now and you want to be on instagram or whatever Mm. it just feels like this is how these kids would actually or not even kids like that's the other thing like we think about because we did a whole season on like campus and all these like high schoolers and college kids and they feel like kids but they're like 30 but still 30 year olds on instagram all the time so Mm. i think it if it dates it it's not in a bad way because it's done naturally i think
2: well thanks (laughs) I hope so. Besides, like, it's not like anyone was, like, people, I don't think people, like, bugged F. Scott Fitzgerald. They weren't like, this Lindy hopping dates this novel. <laughs> you know? I know. Like,
1: in, I know. Yeah.
2: So, I don't you know. know. I don't, like, maybe they I, did, yeah, though. Ahead.
1: Maybe they did. I just <laughs> have no idea what reviewers were complaining about at the time. I, that would be, like, really amusing if they were, if they got upset about that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, I got to admit that I went in that one blind, and I just assumed that they weren't criticizing <laughs> Fitzgerald for that. I, I could be, I, I could eat my words.
0: I think it's probably fair to say that people have been complaining about everything since the beginning of time, so sure, I'm sure yes. people <laughs> thought that it was going to, this guy's never going to make it, this is going to be the novel that ends his career.
1: Yeah. <laughs> wow.
2: So, like, aside aside from the internet, I, and I actually think that this really does tie, tie in with the internet, I feel like there's a lot of self-help culture mm. in, in the novel, so, like, mm. what do you... Uh, which I think in in like the the episode where we talked about the book, I I like tied that maybe unfairly to this idea of cults.
1: So, oh, interesting.
2: Yeah, it, it it felt it felt to me that there was like a direct, I mean, possibly and and when we when we talk about these books that are spoilers cuz we assume that people that are reading the uh, that are listening to the podcast have have uh, read the books we have mm. a very
0: aggressive schedule that is not fair to anyone yeah. <laughs> it just it's it's relentless but yes we spoil everything and all of the things
2: um and and so like it does seem like there is this occult aspect to mm. to the book um do you, do you see any connection there between the, this idea of self-help culture and uh, I don't know. You don't
0: have to be. You don't have to be nice about it. You can say how you wouldn't say. He's like making a face, like he doesn't. He's doesn't want to be mean to these self help people.
2: No, I don't. No, I, I like. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I I'm, I'm pro cult as. Um, sure. Uh, mm-hmm, so, so, like, mm-hmm. what do you think of self help culture? <laughs> is the question, I guess.
1: Oh man, I mean, listen, I've got a lot of thoughts about self help culture, but you know, I'm not like. I think what I was sort of trying to explore with the way that. I was working through it when I was writing the book is like, I think these are characters who are really isolated and pretty atomized as a lot of people are these days. And society has a different shape than it used to. It used to be that like you would arrange your life around church and family. And so there were these official sources of meaning that existed in life and were also caught up in uh, the way that your social life worked. I don't know. I mean, I think that people are, there's a lot of different ways. That's not just self-help culture, but could be like, you know, CrossFit, I guess, which is like a a different type of Mm self-help in a Mm -hmm. way. But, you know, I think that people are looking for ways to find meaning and feel empowered and connect to other people and that just takes a ton of different shapes and I don't know that there's something inherently sinister about seeking that out you know like I think that that impulse just takes a lot of different it just it just it just becomes it can just be a lot of different things.
0: And I think, like, I'm of the mind that, like, this life is difficult enough and whatever gets you through mm-hmm. the day, as long as it's not directly hurting other people, I think that's, you know, all the power to you. But I also think yeah. that, like, that's sort of reflected in, like, Remy sort of looking for a connection with, like, this past. Like, he was in with Alicia when they, like, he thought they had a bond when they were working at the restaurant or whatever together. Mm-hmm. And then they've separated and he's sort of lost yeah. that. I feel like a lot of this is sort of, like, trying to find that tribal element again with, like, people who have kind of interesting. moved on.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also, like, I think more where I was, I I think there's also this element of, like, the hero's journey, right, that I was sort of trying to subvert um, with what's going on here, where, like, Remy has a destiny, but, you know, it's maybe, like, the destiny is actually kind of dark, you know, the one that he thinks that, that he has. So, I mean, I think that that just sort of speaks to the way that he's, looking for a type of satisfaction that's highly individual and is like basically just and and very lonely right when you're looking for when you're looking for meaning in this highly highly individualized way it's going to uh your 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 journey is going to be a little warped
0: for sure and i think i think we, we talked about this on the episode or we talked about the book but i think what's interesting about the the fact that like remy is the protagonist is that like He's kind of not doing anything so he has this destiny Mm, he's just sort of like waiting for it to happen to him Mm -hmm. and like we it feels like we should be following alicia or jen or like literally anybody else and Mm -hmm. then when the character who's like doing something and changing and sort of on the hero's journey of their own like when alicia gets killed it's just like Mm -hmm. holy shit like what what (laughs) is like i thought we were kind of following her now we're back to the dude who's like just sitting around like Angry about things It's like Where yeah. is this going to go from here So it's a weird Like I like that subversion Of the hero's journey Because it's like The person Like you, you expect them To go out and do a thing And he's just like mm-hmm. Sitting around Grumpy
1: Yeah <laughs> He's super grumpy
0: I uh, uh Yeah
2: I Felt very seen by By Remy Because in an in an almost annoying way because I am I, I am also like performatively annoying and I like to ruin other people's good times with my <laughs> bad attitude and, uh-huh. and things like that. So uh, reading reading that character I was like, Yeah, I, I get this dude.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean me too. <laughs>
0: Well, you are also saying, like, you know, Jake seems like just, like, such a genuinely sweet, kind roommate who mm-hmm. seems almost like the best roommate ever, and somehow you're able to portray him as, like, the most annoying thing in the world, which is pretty <laughs> funny.
2: Well, that's something actually, like, specific to Jake that we talked about. Um, I think that you, something craft-wise that you are incredibly good at in, in, this, in this book, and I think I, my, my suspicions are that it comes from spending time on the internet is I think mm. that you sort of masterfully deploy the exclamation point in oh, conversation. Thank you
1: for saying that.
2: <laughs> is that something that you're like are you conscious of that? that that like this is like we can use punctuation as as like a function of humor to to like sort of uh, it, it felt to me mimicking the, the the way that people talk in emails or oh, yeah, or so in text messages. That's
1: so interesting. There's something slightly reactionary about the way that I use exclamation points because I think there's this very snooty uh, literary fiction idea that you really need to be sparing with exclamation marks. That like really you should like never like I can't remember who it was, but there was some one of these famous writers was like you should you know you should include only one exclamation point in like an entire book or something something like that right. and. I'm just I'm also just trying to reflect the way that people talk which is sure. um pretty animatedly a lot of the time. Um but that's so interesting that you uh that you picked up on that because I do pride myself on uh using exclamation points and not being afraid of them.
2: Yeah, it really I think it re- especially with Jake it really advanced him as a character like you got a sense of of him tonally and not only that but a sense of like what everyone else kind of thought about him because I think we all have this Gut reaction to people who speak with that much enthusiasm, mm-hmm, um,
1: mm-hmm.
2: probably probably some sort of jealousy because we don't like to be <laughs> that enthusiastic about stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you rarely you rarely see it in in fiction, and I think probably like that. I, I I'm just guessing, but that sounds like some Hemingway bullshit about the the only one. Oh, I don't know.
0: Point a... You're taking down F. Scott. You're taking down. He's taking down all these great male authors <laughs> of the of the 1930s and before and whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was him, but you know. Some
2: old guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, it It, it, sound, it sounds like very dated because because the mm-hmm. way that we write, because since we communicate so much now through writing, through text message, email, through, I mean, I grew up with AIM. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like the exclamation point is something that is, like, super deployed emotionally. The same way that, like, mm-hmm. in text messages, like, periods are deployed emotionally. Like, if, if you throw a period yeah. at the end of a sentence, it's, like, mean-spirited somehow.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Like what, what I loved about this book, like I, and I, I'm not just saying that I love the book because you're here. I do love this book, but what I what, what I loved about it oh, is good. that there were at least two different points where like I was shake not shaken, but like really genuinely caught off guard by like dramatic plot twists. Like, <laughs> did you go into this thinking you were going to like yank the rug out from under the reader a couple times, or just, did just did that just like come about as you were getting to the end of like how did that all happen? Like the main character dying halfway through and then all of a sudden it becoming like a science fiction story, like a little bit after that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally was gonna, I was like, I was like very sadistically like, eh, this will be fucking crazy. But <laughs> like, <laughs> I was definitely like, it's it was a funny, it's a funny project because normally when I write, I'm, thinking about something that feels very emotionally dense. And that's sort of the starting point where it feels like I have a lot of emotional fuel that I can burn to sort of take me like on the track of the, you know, of the novel, that it's going to just like get me there. But I actually, this is like one of the rare times where I was like, I just had like a sort of plot idea and I was like, Oh, that would be so funny if that happened. And then this happened, like that would be so weird. And um, I was like, I feel like, you know, I felt as if there was maybe something fun there. And then as I was thinking about it, I was like, even though this is just an abstract idea right now, and it doesn't feel emotionally heavy right now, I'm just going to sort of do myself the favor of trusting that the emotional stuff will just, f- will fill in automatically as I'm writing. Um, so it was, it was totally a, um, it did start out from this pretty, pretty analytical place, plot-wise, and then I, and then it, you know, became what it became.
0: That's really cool. I like that, I think that, and I think it, it, it unfolds in a way that both catches you off guard and also makes sense in a way, that it, it feels mm. like you would never be able to guess where it's going, but it also gets there in a way that, like, makes sense and, like, sort of follows a path that is hard to see but, like, is there, so it's, it works. Like, it, it really worked for me, so.
1: Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe I have the analytical mind too. I think I'm just a I'm a numbers guy. Bob, um, looking at me like he's make fun of me, but yeah.
1: I listened to the little like preview that you did for your for your season, and uh, like one of you said that an ex girlfriend gave this book to you.
0: Oh yeah, that's
2: me.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. what do you think she was trying to say?
2: <laughs> oh, that's a, that, oh that's um. Let's let's get into the the <laughs> uh, uh, so, so um we had been together for fourteen years. And, oh my God. uh, we're still very, very close friends and I see oh, her almost beautiful. every day. Mm-hmm. So she, uh, she gave it to me. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. I like, there's no way that she read it beforehand because she got it for when, uh, when did this book come out? Like around Christmas, uh, right?
1: it, no, it came out, oh, almost a year ago today, like almost a year ago. Yeah. Cause it came out last oh. July. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. So I don't know. Uh, um, it's the hardcover so it was it was like it was a new thing she gave it to me around Mm -hmm. December Mm -hmm. um I don't she definitely didn't read it beforehand I think honestly (laughs) she may have seen the cover and been like I I don't know something about the cover Bob's
0: a real perv he's gonna like this book yeah
2: something about the cover made her made her uh want to get it and then she and she gave it to me and uh I don't know. I could ask her.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's get her on should, the yeah. phone. No, that would be interesting. <laughs> I,
2: I, I can't. I can't call her right now. <laughs> I mean, does, I, I, I will.
1: I'll ask you say, her. That. Does the cover work for you? Does it like? Because um, I feel like I did, I've been thinking a lot about the cover, and I'm always like wondering if it repels more people or if it attracts more people. It's like it's hard to say.
2: Well, um, you know, we we normally – we didn't do it for your episode, but we have this guy that's a graphic designer mm. that is he's a – He's our friend. Yeah, he's this guy. It's not like we have a guy he's, on our channel. He's, he's a close <laughs> friend of ours that's a graphic designer, and we call him a lot of times in the middle, in the middle of an episode to, to get his opinion on the covers mm-hmm. of, of books, and we didn't for yours because he has three kids, and it was oh. like probably we, – we had probably recorded it after he had put them to bed or maybe during dinner time or something like that, mm-hmm. so we didn't get his mm-hmm. opinion. But – Actually, Joey and I were talking right before the interview about this, and and we were talking specifically about how like, oh, like I wish that we had been able to talk to him mm, yeah. about the, this cover. Um, as far as I'm concerned, like I really, I really like the cover; it really works for me. Um, and because cool. and, you're a pervert. Cause,
0: no, <laughs> not, all right,
2: I'd be uh, uh, hard pressed to say why it works for me though. Mm. So, so I don't know. What would, did you have any uh, input into into the? Uh, content of the cover or, or how um, it was made?
1: No, not really. I was just—I sort of was just like, yeah. I mean, they like—they basically only presented me with one choice, which is kind of unusual. I think normally they give people mm. like you know, they give people at least the illusion of choice. But they were like, we really yeah. think this is the one. And I sort of wanted to change some things, and then I was like, no, like, well, let's let's, let's just keep it as is. Um, but I'm I'm always, but it sort of is funny because. It makes people. It makes some people kind of angry, which I didn't expect. But like, I was did a reading in, like Brian Park at one point, and this like uh, this woman was shaking the book at the bookseller and was like, "How dare you try and sell this out in public?" <laughs>
2: where where does the anger come from? Is it is it because you can you can like you can see the underwear and and the yeah, age is it's sort a, of ambiguous. It's, drawing.
0: it's like it's
1: basically because it's a kind of privy cover, so you know.
2: Well, it works for me. <laughs> okay,
1: good. Uh,
2: so, I, yeah, uh, I, I I like it, and also like maybe maybe okay. So I'm uh, trying to interpret that that uh, anger. I think it probably comes from a place of like like the book cover is pink, uh, mm, but it's like that yeah. pink that is like a like it feels like a very young pink, and you don't necessarily. Yeah, I, I I don't know. There's something about it that maybe seems like it's it's maybe the girl is younger than than yeah. she actually is in the perhaps comics, that's maybe, it. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, uh, th- that's interesting to me. How did you, re- like, how did you react to the person that was shaking the, the book? Did you talk to them?
1: No, I was like, I was, I, I didn't find out about it until afterwards. Somebody oh, told oh, me okay. about it, but I just thought, I mean, I think it's kind of, I think it's kind of funny. Um, cause I just never expect it. Um, but, uh, I don't know. It's kind of cool in a way. Like, I'm just, I'm just happy if people are noticing the book really. <laughs>
2: Well, I think it's why I think it's why Kristen bought it for me. So, um, oh that, yeah, got that going for you?
1: Yeah.
0: And then I bought it because you had it, right? Like, if she hadn't bought it for you, we might not be doing it for the the module, and then we might we wouldn't be here right now with Beth. So, you got two sales yeah. because Kristen bought you the book.
2: Yeah, maybe not. I, I think I, I, it's the type of book that I may have come across, um, in 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 some some context. But so so along along those lines, who are your like uh? Uh, Are you, are you still in an MFA program or did you graduate?
1: No, I graduated. I graduated. You graduated. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
2: Do you, do you have any, like, are are there like contemporaries in in that that you're around that are like exciting to you? Any, any people writing really good books around you?
1: Like, I, I mean, it's been cool because I've gotten to like read and meet a lot of the people who had books coming out around the same time that I did. Um, I mean like nobody in my, I, I feel like it's kind of, unusual what I did which was that I um sold my book in the middle of my program and then stayed right. uh rather than leaving which was kind of weird yeah. but um but like basically most people are still working on their books that I was like in class with um oh what am I saying what am I saying actually I took a workshop Were they job. very jealous? Uh not to my face so <laughs> I don't know about it. I don't know about it if they were but um, no I'm just I shouldn't even be talking about my MFA program because actually I did this course called Crit with Tony Tula to Moody. He has like this workshop that he does. It's like an eight week it's sort of pitched as an MFA replacement. Um, mm-hmm. And I still did an MFA. but I was actually in there with Rax King and Calvin Kosuki who both we all sold our books like around with, like within the space of a, of a few months. So Calvin wrote um, several people are typing and Rax wrote Tacky. And so sure. like, I, I, yeah, i read
2: the Rex King book.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean like that's, it's just been like really cool and they like read it my reading and stuff. So it's like really neat to be coming up with writers like that, you know? And, um, yeah. So, I mean like that's, that's, that's been like a, a really, I think that I felt really lucky about. And, you know, there are a lot of really talented writers in my MFA program. I am excited for them to, to publish books when that, when the time comes.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. Now, we, we normally do this at the end, but I feel like it's sort of a natural transition here. Mm. Whenever we talk to an author, we ask them to sort of program like a mini module of books that they either like or maybe read to be inspired for the oh, thing man. that they were writing or just similar. So if you were programming a little module, either, you know, not necessarily the Internet, but maybe sci-fi or maybe things that are somewhat mm. related to a touch of Gen you know mm-hmm. 3 4 books no pressure but what would you suggest people read if they like this and they want stuff that like either you like or reminds you of this or anything like mm-hmm. that
1: mhm well i was honestly more inspired by movies i think in some ways than um than than books necessarily That's um cool. but one book that i was thinking a lot about that i didn't i don't think i even realized how much i was thinking about it until after i wrote the first draft and then i revisited this book which is remainder by tom mccarthy um i think that that yeah have you guys read that i have
0: not i have it i've not read it but it's one of those that i bought at a book sale forever ago and i've had it on my bookshelf it's been staring at me but i have not read it yet
1: yeah i highly recommend i mean it's really i feel like it's i think it's like super thematically tied up with a touch of gen because it's also very interested in the way that things appear on a screen and the way that there, and the idea that there's maybe some sort of actualized form of human experience or like a, a kind of perfection of movement um, that, that people are also going for in, in A Touch of Jen, you know? Yeah, it's, it's like very, it's very interested in the screen in the same way, but it's a, it's, it's a bit subtler in Remainder. But it's, a, it's, it's really cool. Because um, I mean, like, let me, I, I suppose I should like summarize. The premise a little bit, which is basically that, like, this guy has a brain injury, and then it causes him to want to recreate this idea that he has for um, just a scene that is running through his mind. And he has this compulsive need to bring it into being by hiring actors and finding a location for it and running through the scene just on a loop constantly.
0: That, awesome. sounds cool. yeah, like that sounds cool. I like that.
1: Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. So then,
0: what what movies were inspired? Because I think that
1: wait, can
2: I guess? Because
0: jo- oh, I, I, I,
2: I I I talked with Joey. Joey will tell you that I was I was thinking of this movie, which was also a novel, which was made mm-hmm. into a novel so that the movie could get made, which is Altered States. The, oh, the Ken
1: interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I Yeah, it, I hadn't. Is that one of them? The time. No, it's not. Oh. it's not one of them. But I I think I saw it afterwards
2: fascinating yeah, yeah because that's a, i mean you've got the isolation tank that manifests mm-hmm. and and changes the real world outside of it. oh so, yeah that, there's that,
1: that tank yeah oh my mm-hmm. god yeah
2: yeah i was I, so I, I was thinking about that a lot when i was when i was reading this and mm-hmm. i think i even I, I i was like there's there's no like it, fe- it th- there feels like a direct lineage here mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. uh that that's really cool that that um uh it was like yeah after that that, that you just mm-hmm. found it i guess yeah, that was my only guess. So, that was your what, only what guess? Other, what other, yeah, what other movies were there?
1: Um, there were a f- there were a few movies. Um, I mean, I think one movie that was influencing me. This it was an, it was like one sort of like remainder. There often what'll what'll happen is that I'll write something, and then after I finished it, I'll be like, oh my god, it was amazing how that thing just sort of like fell into place, and it just felt so fully fleshed out when I wrote it, and then I'll realize that it was like. Very that I was unconsciously channeling something, and I sure. think after yeah, yeah. I wrote the book, I was I realized that Donnie Darko was a huge influence on the uh, oh, okay. on the book, and then like and then while I was and then while I was writing it, I was also thinking a lot about um, the Matrix and um, a touch of Zen, a touch of Zen, which is like the thing that I was punning on. You know, I was thinking about all of these movies with like beautiful movement. And this kind of idealized form of movement, Um, because I think that like people moving confidently and beautifully is something that's like a big, a big part of the book. And then like also A Touch of Zen, which is this Wu film um, that, you know, has has influenced all of these movies like The Matrix. I'm
2: completely unfamiliar with it. I I, I have no idea.
1: I mean, it's just it's like a it's like a martial arts film. And um, I think it's a King Hu film it just has all of these gorgeous martial arts in it and there's it's there's all of these fight scenes that are just like really exquisite and graceful you know i think that it's so yeah so it has influenced like a lot of uh, a lot of kind of americanized versions of 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 martial arts and because this book is so interested in these kind of westernized ideas of like eastern mysticism um, it felt mm. kind of like there was like a, there was a kind of natural sort of, there was a natural kind of thematic connection there.
0: No. And I think that also, I, I didn't make that connection at all. I think I've seen a Touch of Zen like forever ago, but I've seen a mm-hmm. lot of those, like we have a different podcast. that's about the fast and the furious movie. So that's right in this wheelhouse. Oh, but like, we yeah. do a lot of like similar, like, you know, we've done like a lot of martial arts movies and stuff for that too. But mm-hmm. I think that like so much of those movies either in the time or reflectively or what they influence is about the aesthetic and like aesthetic is so yes. core to like yeah. what Alicia is after because she's yeah. like, yeah. She, like she wants to be Jen but she also like wants to like exude Jen and so totally. I think that like in a roundabout way makes all the sense of the world and I never would have thought about that so I'm glad that you brought that up. I'm glad we asked that question.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. But I, I do want to bring up that in terms of the actor of it all, like the the, the podcast network that we're on mm-hmm. um, is the Cage Club Podcast Network because like seven years ago, my friend and I started a Nicolas Cage podcast and we watched all of his movies and talked about them. And so oh my God. when in the book, Remy sort of, you know, downloads that app where you can talk to dead Alicia. She like just mm-hmm. recycles her old texts. Mm-hmm. And the first text is about Nicolas Cage with bangs. I was like, what is, and then, like, there's later, like, we've also done podcasts about Keanu and Charlize, and they both mm-hmm. come up, and, like, mm-hmm. I'm, like, this mm-hmm. feels like a novel that was written for me, but <laughs> I've, I wanted to say that I've never pictured Nicolas Cage with bangs, so, like, wh- is that something that you think about often, like, what he would look like <laughs> with bangs?
1: Uh No, I, I don't even remember <laughs> writing that, honestly. <laughs> I was clearly just channeling something.
0: Well, it, it stuck with me, I will tell you that, but I do think I I read this entire book on a plane coming back from Europe and I laughed out loud, sort of obnoxiously at the Jake Gyllenhaal scene, like in Subway or whatever sandwich shop. Like, where did that come from? That like, he just shows up like there's it's not like a big deal. Like I thought it would be like a runner. Just like it's just a standalone scene that it's just hilarious.
2: That's the the Donnie Darko in the brain.
0: I guess so. Right. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I think maybe (laughs) I think maybe that was who knows why any of these things really pop up in my brain. Um, I mean, I did. I think I thought it was fun. I just think it's very funny how, like, Jake Gyllenhaal. If you live in New York, he's just a very common celebrity sighting. So it felt. Is that so? I I think so. I mean, maybe I used to work in Soho, and so I think I just saw him a lot because he lived uh, like above the store that I was that I was working in. But um, I feel like people do see him a lot, and there are all of these paparazzi photos of him chewing on his headphones. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. So I just felt like I don't know. He just felt like a like a good person to sort of enter, and I and I wanted. I thought it would be really fun to get like because the book is so interested in these themes of screens and like idealized movement of or like you know idealized experience. I wanted to get like an actual movie star in there, <laughs> you know, because it's also it's also because you know Alicia is. She's weirdly it's this weird scene where she feels upset that she doesn't have power over him, even though he because and she sort of is noticing how even though he's like a famous movie star, she's used to kind of being able to control whether she's looking at him or not. Mm. And then she, you know, she's very annoyed with him because he like I think he puts his water bottle on her on her um on the counter or something. And it's like, it's like in her way. So I just, I don't know. I mean, it, it's honestly kind of arbitrary how these things come together. And then like, I'll, I see how they work or if they don't work. And then I just decided to keep that.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, that that's very thematic to, to, to the book, this idea that, you know, these things come together and then we might ascribe meaning to them afterwards in, in a way that's yeah, just as yeah. meaningful as if we had planned everything out.
1: Yeah. Or just as illusory. <laughs>
2: Yeah, but I, I think that's also, I mean, that's all, I, I think that falls in the realm of things like The Secret, or, I mean, I haven't read The yeah, Secret, but, like, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm snobby about, like, my references to The Secret, because I uh, am, quote, unquote, above it all. Um, but the... the uh, I, w-
0: I want to say he does record every episode with sunglasses on. He's got sunglasses. <laughs> We're inside. It's still, he just, he's he's too cool for, even for yeah, me. Yeah, so. uh, well, that's true. I am, I am too cool. Um,
2: but I think that, you know, I self-help books are, the, like, I think a a lot of the time, they, uh, you know, they're making sense of those connections, and so, like, mm, yeah, uh, the the intertextuality between your book and and other like self help books, uh, not that your book is a self help book, but um, you know, whether it be the secret or the Celestine Prophecy or something mm-hmm. like that, like uh, I, I think that that yeah, that all makes sense. Uh, the, the, I, I the your analysis of the Jake Gyllenhaal scene, I think, ends up being a lot more meaningful than you had intended. <laughs>
1: Like it's one of those weird things where I also was later on I was like, Oh yeah, because like he's in Zodiac and then like I sort of made it I would sort of more intentionally put this kind of Zodiac reference at the beginning and then also in that scene because that's also like a movie where there are all of these clues but ultimately they don't cohere. Uh and that's very frustrating.
2: Yeah, and, and and at the same time, that's a huge laugh when, when she yeah. says, like, solve that case, Zodiac, or something, yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, that, that's a big, uh, yeah, it's a big joke, and so, so yeah, it's wonderful.
0: I, I want to talk about the, the, the creature at the end, oh, because yeah. I feel like, again, like we were talking about before, that it, it sort of, it builds to this thing where it, it, either you could sort of be like, oh, well, just Remy is, like, losing his mind, and he's just, like, mm-hmm. you know, schizophrenic murdering people, or maybe there is this creature. Like it just all and I, I sort of read it as like this, you know, again, I think like Bob is talking about with cult, but kinda of like the QAnon, like believing so much in a thing that like isn't real, but like to mm-hmm. you it's real and just where like how did that develop in terms of like taking a book that's basically like I, I think there's a version of this that would be far less interesting and more boring and sort of more predictable where like the entire thing takes place at that cabin in the in the Hamptons or whatever they go. Oh yeah. But like <laughs> that's like almost like an it's just like oh yeah we're here for a couple of days and like we're we're moving on and then it goes to all these different places but how how did this develop in terms of the getting to a point where it becomes a sci-fi novel after being like you were saying before kind of like this love triangle kind of
1: thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think part of it is just like as i was writing it i was getting kind of frustrated with the possibilities available on this plane of existence so i think that, that was sort of the, the impetus. I think it was just an instinct that I had and I remember having this instinct and being like, oh my God, that would be so much work though. If that's <laughs> where I took it. But generally I've learned that if that it's better to be ambitious even if it takes even if it takes longer. Um, so I was just like, oh man, like because like I can't not do that just because it's I'm lazy. Like, I know that it's going to take a lot of work to pull it off. Um, but I feel like probably that would be, I, I feel like it needs to go to this, into this different place. And I think I had a sort of idea, I knew that I wanted it to get, um, I, I knew that I wanted it to tonally change a lot. I knew that I wanted it to get violent, but it wasn't until pretty far along in the process where I was like, Oh, it also needs to kind of levitate a little bit outside of the terms of the book as given thus far. It needs to sort of go up to like a different, higher place.
2: It seems like fun to write too. This, the, like writing, yeah. <laughs> a, like a, a monster that is is just manifest out of your imagination. Um, mm-hmm. There's something really. Uh, it was
1: fun, yeah, yeah, enjoyable about that. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think that sort of is just you know the way that I try to write is just by constantly tuning into what is actually going to be fun or in- interesting for me to write. And I think I was sort of like, yeah, I mean, like there's stuff that I can work with here, but wouldn't it be crazy if I like did something, if I took it even to another level beyond what I was planning to do. And, and it also like, I think at that point too, there were all of these thematic concerns that had accrued where it was like a book that was so much more concerned with cinema than I realized it was going to be Mm. at the beginning. And I was like, well, I really I sort of was beginning to have this idea that like his his life needed to turn into a movie and he needed to be interpreting his reality and sort of encountering reality in terms that he had been. Uh, consuming the entire book because he's watching movies, this entire book, like with, with Alicia. And I wanted it to, I wanted to sort of like highlight the ways in which we're used to certain portrayals of violence in movies that are just kind of okay, or even like slapstick and that we're implicitly persuaded to digest that violence in depending on the ways in which we've been tonally cued. And it's, you know, and not not that like, I wanted to be moralizing about it or anything, but I wanted to call the reader's attention to sort of make them aware of how we're cued to view to view stories and how we sort of process things according to the tonal cues that we've been been given and these implicit forms of persuasion that are just baked into all of the narratives that we consume. Um, because those narratives are also what make us form our own narratives. Like we have ideas about our lives that are often influenced by whatever we're watching or listening or the kinds of stories that we've heard from since we were little kids. And those inflect all of the ways in which we think about our lives. So I think I was just trying to, in a way, expose the scaffolding of self-mythologizing and also just interpretation of reality in general
0: so it's almost like by watching all of these hyper masculine aggro action movies he's kind of manifesting that into his life and just sort of creating the reality or immersing himself in the reality he's sort of escaping to
1: kind of i mean i wasn't i i wasn't thinking about it like in i wasn't thinking about it in terms of like I I guess maybe on some level I was thinking about it in terms of like these very masculine movies, because, you know, he, he does have this, his relationship with his masculinity is very broad. And, um, I think that that's a, that's a part of it. I was also kind of interested in like the creativity that comes into play for him. Right. Like he, it's a, it's a kind of dark creativity. Um, but he's, there's I I don't know I mean like I was thinking about it as the way that I wanted him to perceive what was happening to him and uh that the reader would have a lot of space to think about it too that it wouldn't just be Remy sort of thinking about his uh his life and what's and what's happening to him but there would also be a lot of space for the reader to kind of like step a little bit back from the story and have some you know, have have some space for an artistic response. I feel like I'm not explaining this No, 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 I think it makes a lot of sense. I do
0: think that there's like the whole cinematic nature, like one of the, like I kind of went to school, not really for filmmaking, but I I took filmmaking classes because I liked the teacher. And so I sort of like know a little bit, but it's most of what I've learned is just from watching too many movies. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's Mm -hmm. like the rule in making movies, like you don't want to do voiceover because voiceover is lazy, but you need to figure out another way to like have the character. And I feel like, what you do with Alicia coming back and being through the text that sort of evolved and he starts seeing her. And then she eventually shows up at the end. I feel like there's a nice, like it's very cinematic in like he's losing his mind and like it all might be, he might, these might just be thoughts, Mm -hmm. but they're manifesting Mm -hmm. in a way that like, it's like a conversation. So I think that all adds to it as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: In terms of the, like the cinematic nature of it all, did you think of, I I don't know if this is like a, a fair or an easy question, maybe a difficult question, but like, in terms of like a, a, an adaptation of this one day did you think of actors portraying any of these main characters did you like envision anyone <laughs> while writing these
1: i didn't envision anyone but i have sort of thought it would be i i would love to have Lindsay lohan be jen um that's beautiful she's yeah <laughs> that has been my dream and i did sort of think it would be fun to have like anna kendrick playing against type as alicia I think that would be really neat. But that was all stuff that I sort of thought about afterwards. Um, Bob and I are
0: both very big well, fans of Anna Kendrick and like do oh, not. Oh, yeah?
1: And Lowen's
2: due for a comeback, in my opinion. She's She's got it.
0: And I feel like oh, the yeah. Anna Kendrick of it all, like we're, we're sort of, we wish that she was doing better movies. So if, if A Touch of Jen became a movie, I would love to see her in that role. Because I think she she sort of portrays like, in what was that movie? A Simple Favor with her and oh, yeah, her yeah, Blake yeah. Lively. She kind of has that like yeah. a little bit of a psychopath tinge to her. So I think that would work really totally. well.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Bobby, you've any other questions. Uh,
2: uh, do you do you surf? Do you know how to surf?
1: <laughs> I am not an amazing surfer, but i i do I do sort of surf. I'm yeah. a beginner for sure. Do you guys surf?
2: I grew up at the beach. I, I've lived at the beach for my, oh, cool. literally my entire life, and I and I, I think I've stood up on a surfboard twice ever. Uh,
1: <laughs> and it was an amazing feeling.
2: But I just I don't yeah. have the discipline to to pull it off
1: it's pretty scary too. I don't know. I like, I don't know. I, I love it, but I sort of also love it because I'm like so frightened while I'm doing it.
2: Yeah, definitely. Are you, are you from uh, uh, New York? I am not. I'm from Texas. From Texas? Yeah. <laughs> uh, not, well, there's not that much surfing in Texas, right?
1: There's not. There's not. I, um, I have just, I like basically just surf when i'm like on vacation which is not that often but i had the idea for this book actually when i was in the philippines with one of my closest friends uh and i was learning how to how to surf and i was like learning how to surf and then also dealing with this 12 hour time difference which i thought was like really cool i was like oh this feels very symbolic like what could it be a symbol of and then when i had the idea for the book i sort of integrated that I had just been on this surfing trip, and so I took all the surfing stuff with me, and then, you know, I think that that was all kind of feeding the initial process of writing the book.
0: That's really cool. Yeah. All right. Well, we're
2: there's a bunch of stuff that I had written down that I was like – like, uh, the left-hand path, right? That's a, that's an actual bar oh. in New York, right?
1: Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah.
2: <laughs> but, like, the left-hand path is also, like, what, that's black magic, right? That's the, that's the, like, the yeah. evil part of a cult, uh, wh- whatever. Um, so I wrote that down, and then obviously yeah. Horus is, like, some, a, a symbolic, uh, movement toward, uh, magic as well. Yeah, so I was trying to make sense of that stuff. There's, I, th- I feel like there are a lot of, like, magic signifiers in here that, um, I, I wanted to trace down like a person making uh, notes in my in my garage with yard uh, like yarn <laughs> and, and pins, but I, cu- I couldn't quite put I'm it all like together. Like Sylvia of it all. So, so do you have any uh, uh, any uh, explanatory notes for me for that?
1: No, <laughs> so I that don't. I, I love the idea of you just you just sort of like having your own experience <laughs> of like trying to detect it. Because like, honestly, Horace was just like a totally arbitrary, I was like, oh, that would be funny. And then I just put it in there. Unfortunately, like, that's how a lot of it, you know, a lot of it is. I'm just like, yeah, uh, this would be interesting. Or maybe this would be random. And then I keep it if it feels right.
2: You're definitely – you're de- it's definitely, like, the right approach to answering questions because I notoriously have challenged John Irving, author of Prayer for Own Meany, to a fight because in a and a he just, like, over-explained that book and, and like, told us and everything. And it's not a
0: and a that Bob has listened to or read. I told him about it and it made him so angry that he had there's yeah. an open invitation on the podcast to fight John Irving, who wrote one of Bob's all-time favorite books, but, so it gets bad blood. But but as <laughs> a, as
2: an author, I definitely, like – or as, as a reader I definitely prefer being the guy in the basement connecting the strings than having something oh, good. so I think I, I, yeah as, as much as like I'm asking you questions every time that you're just like no I'm, I'm like <laughs> I, I, I just like want more I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to t- accept that no and then go into the basement and start <laughs> connecting dots more and more so uh, I mean I feel for, bad for that. I
1: honestly think that it's just because like I'm not always good at explaining why I do things
2: you don't have to be it's it, it, like I think you know uh, when, when I when I teach literature, which I uh, uh, did in, oh, in cool. college Where? for really, I, well, I I used to teach at William Patterson University and at Ramapo College. I don't do that anymore, but I I would Maybe. you know you teach literature and you'd have these conversations and students would always be like, but did the author really intend all of that when they were writing it? And I would always just be like, it doesn't matter. It right. doesn't matter. Like the yeah. intention doesn't matter. Like it's <laughs> our book now. It's not theirs anymore. Mm-hmm. We get to do what we want with mm-hmm. it. So, like I don't know. Every, every time that you you uh, uh, don't explain something, I think it's better for the world.
1: <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I sort yeah. of. I'm sort of in the same mindset.
0: I also. I want to. I sort of want to end with because I don't want to take too much of your time. But this is since this is the internet module, I want to call out when we have fun social media handles i want to make note of it so we have meth which is just a great inversion of your initials but bob i don't know if you know this on instagram i found this out during this episode gentle herbal laxative
1: mm.
0: gentle
2: herbal <laughs> is that's that's your instagram handle
1: that's my Instagram handle. Follow Gentle, me. Gentle herbal <laughs> laxative.
2: Okay. I you know, I'm I Instagram is the only thing that I'm that I'm the only uh social media thing that I'm on, but I I will mm-hmm. I will follow you today. I
0: promise. I just followed you. Cool. So, I just cool. I love that I, is there is Actually no. I don't want you to explain it cuz <laughs> I don't want the mystery spoiled. I want to leave that there. I, I just learned my lesson from the conversation you guys just had. <laughs> I don't want to know where it came from. I just want to uh, I want to let the mystery be and appreciate the weirdness of that handle. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've got great news for you because there is no explanation. <laughs> all right, even better. I guess that's what I've been saying. I guess that's what I've been saying. Um, cool. Yeah, I, I'll say nothing. I won't say anything else.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, I think I think that's all for us. If that do you, well, do you, are you working on anything new? Or do you have another book
1: that you're working on? Oh yeah. I mean, speaking of my Instagram handle, this is actually kind of thematically related. <laughs> cool. Um, I'm very close to finishing this book called "The Shit Your Pants Button."
2: i um i'm so into that uh <laughs> please like keep us updated on this if you if you uh, absolutely if, do you do uh you do readings and uh we're we're in new jersey so we're not that far away oh okay. we could do
0: new york or philly yeah
2: yeah so if you're if, if you do any readings or anything uh uh shoot us a, a dm or a message on totally Instagram. definitely
0: we'll show up that would be great well thank you so much beth this was great
1: thank you guys